This episode of On the Record is brought to you by Associated Equipment Distributors, the leading association in North America strictly dedicated to the equipment distribution industry. AED offers a wide range of education, events, advocacy, and reports for companies of all sizes and all roles within your organization. Learn more about AED by visiting www.aednet.org slash agdealers. I'm Executive Editor Kim Schmidt. Welcome to On the Record. Here's an update on what's currently impacting the ag equipment industry. According to data from Sandhills Global and a research note from J.P. Morgan, used high-horsepower tractor inventories remained subdued while low-horsepower tractor inventories continued to climb. The average list price for used tractors was up 11% year-over-year in June and up 2% month-over-month. Pricing for used 100 to 174 horsepower tractors was up 12% year-over-year and 2% month-to-month. For 175 to 299 horsepower tractors, used prices were up 13% year-over-year and up 3% versus May. Pricing was up 10% year-over-year for tractors over 300 horsepower. Inventory was down 9% year-over-year and up 3% month-to-month, driven primarily by tractors with less than 100 horsepower. This week's dealers on the move include Ziegler Ag, Bottomline Solutions, and Linko Precision. Echo dealer Ziegler Ag is expanding in Minnesota with a new store in Ada that will serve both the agriculture and construction markets. The dealership acquired an existing building that was formerly Norman County Implement and opened for business June 13th. Precision Farming Dealers Bottomline Solutions and Linko Precision announced the two businesses are merging. Bottomline Solutions will operate under the new name Bottomline Solutions Ag Technology Solutions Group. Linko Precision will be known as Linko Precision LLV Ag Technology Solutions Group. Now here's Michaela Pockner with the latest from the Technology Corner. Thanks, Kim. The growing practice of strip-till farming presents an opportunity for dealerships and their precision departments to establish authority and increase revenue. As the results of the 2022 Strip-Till Operational Practices Benchmark Study reveal, most strip-tillers are using and investing in precision. Most of the respondents to the 2022 Strip-Till Benchmark Study farm in the U.S., About 63% farm in the Corn Belt, followed by about 21% in the Plains and West. About 44% of strip tillers who took the 2022 survey are farming 1,000 acres or less. Most surveyed strip tillers are using RTK guidance for strip till. About 76% of respondents indicated RTK as their primary type of GPS correction signal, a slight increase from 2021. The most popular guidance brand among respondents is John Deere at about 41%, followed by Trimble, Ag Leader, and Case IH. More than 97% of this year's survey respondents use at least one of these brands. Digifarm rounds out the top five most popular guidance brands in 2022. About 69% of strip tillers do not use implement guidance, continuing an eight-year decline in usage. However, nearly 40% of this year's survey respondents say they plan to buy implement guidance in the next year. That's an increase compared to their 2021 projections. Variable rate seeding and variable rate fertilizer application technologies are higher on strip tillers purchase wish lists. About 56% bought or plan to buy VRA products in 2022, and half bought or plan to buy VRS technology this year. 
In 2021, about 42% of strip tillers used VRS for corn. Approximately 34% of respondents said they used variable rate when applying fertilizer with their strip till rig in 2021. Other popular precision ag products planned for purchase in 2022 include ag data management, service and support, drones, remote precision service and support, and irrigation and pivot control systems. If you'd like deeper insights into the results of the strip-till operational benchmark study, join me and the other editors of Ag Equipment Intelligence and Strip-Till Farmer July 28th through 29th in Iowa City at the 9th Annual National Strip-Tillage Conference. On the record, viewers can receive an exclusive $50 discount on their registration by entering code OTR at striptillconference.com. That's it from today's Technology Corner. Back to you, Kim. Thanks, Michaela. The North American Equipment Dealers Association has completed its transition period, and the new organization has successfully unified three regional equipment dealer associations with the Equipment Dealers Association. Naida has identified the following priorities. Manufacturer relations, government affairs, training, data information, business services, and events. Naida COO John Schmeiser said, while having programs and services available across North America, as well as a diverse revenue stream were priorities, so was not losing sight of why the association exists in the first place, manufacture and government affairs. CEO Kim Rominger said the merger will help further foster the relationship between the dealers and manufacturers. Well, from the manufacturer's point of view, obviously, um, there's a, a renewed image uh, idea of one strong national association as opposed to kind of national and, and a lot of other smaller groups. And so I think that presents to them a, a real key point on, of contact and of influence. And so that's critical because I think that was starting to wane a little bit with some of the different things that were going on. Um, and also we uh, right to repair has built uh, a commonality to a degree of us working with the manufacturers on key areas and key projects that benefit dealers and the manufacturers together. So there's that willingness there. There's not as much uh, opposition or conflict between the dealer body and the manufacturers. The dealers wanna have a good relationship with their manufacturers. And that's our one of the influences we're bringing is, hey, we want these two parties to get along because if they're both working in unison, everybody profits. It's when we're in conflict is where the real problems come up. And so while we're not going to be opposed to when we see something detrimental to the dealer body at large, opposing that, our goal will be to try to work to prevent that from happening and raise, raise the relationship, so to speak, for both parties and, and keep the industry strong. As the association gets bigger, Schmeiser reiterated that it's more important than ever for them to have their ear to the ground for dealers to be relevant to the grassroots of the organization. Now here's Ben Thorpe with a data and trends update. Thanks, Kim. According to Ag Equipment Intelligence's latest research report, Chinese Tractor Market Analysis and Forecast, sales of tractors over 240 horsepower are forecast to reach 79,000 units annually by 2026. Analysis from Glass Management Group forecasts sales in this horsepower category to increase 24.8% between 2019, the last year data was available, and 2026. Between 2008 and 2017, tractor sales in this horsepower category rose to 124% from 34,500 units in 2008. A similar increase is forecast for the 101 to 240 horsepower range in China. 
Annual sales came in at 324,000 units in 2019 and are forecast to rise 54.8% to 501,000 units in 2026. Between 2008 and 2017, tractor sales in this horsepower category rose 124% from 219,000 units in 2008. Giving context to these numbers, Charlie Glass, senior partner at Glass Management Group and collaborator on the report, points to China's private enterprise farming operations and their growing need for higher horsepower tractors. Private enterprise farms in China range in size from 125 acres up to 23 million acres. Those farms require the use of tractors that range from 70 horsepower up to the largest 300 plus horsepower tractors. As these private farms increase in size, there is a smaller pool of decision makers who manage more acres, purchase larger numbers of tractors, and are looking for larger horsepower tractors to complete the work more quickly. This would indicate that as the horsepower requirements increase, the number of tractors required will decrease. You can learn more about the Chinese tractor market by purchasing the full report at agequipmentintelligence.com. Back to you, Kim. Thanks, Ben. According to the latest Ag Economy Barometer update from Purdue University, the Farm Capital Investment Index remained at a record low reading in June. The index reported a reading of 35, in line with the record low seen last month. For the second month in a row, 50% of farmers said tight machinery inventories impacted their farm machinery purchase plans. Just 8% of farmers said their plans for farm machinery purchases in the upcoming year were higher year over year, while 57% said their purchase plans were lower. The survey found over half of respondents expect their farms to be worse off financially a year from now, which was the most negative response received to this question since data collection began in 2015. The report concluded that rising input costs and uncertainty about the future continue to weigh on farmer sentiment. The video team at Farm Equipment and Ag Equipment Intelligence just released a pilot episode for its new docu-series, with the launch featuring interviews from father-son duo Ward and Mark McConnell of Artsway Manufacturing. The quick clip that follows is one of 25 in-person interviews on the legacies of family-run ag equipment manufacturers and was released to mark the recent one-year anniversary of Ward's passing. What was it that drew you to the, the manufacturing end of farm equipment? Uh, I started manufacturing uh, uh, early on, very early on. As we moved along, we made a potato planter that was very, very well accepted in the United States. And, uh, but potatoes prices were up here one year and down here the next. And it was awfully, awfully hard to keep uh, the company really profitable. Potatoes were 10, 10 cents a hundred pounds briefly. It was awfully, awfully cheap. And so the farmers weren't making any money and the dealers weren't either. And, and I owed the bank and the bank came and wanted to get paid. Now I had nothing to pay them with. They said, well, you got all these planters. And where are they? Well, they're in Maine. Oh, well, you get your ass to Maine and sell them. We want to get paid. I said, I can't sell them. There's no money up there. They said, get your ass to Maine and sell them. Bank, you, you act like that now? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, they were rough. And I finally had to give in. I went to Maine. And I'll never forget walking into the store dealership. Said, I got to sell you some planters. He said, we don't want any planters. We, don't, we couldn't sell them if we had them. 
So I had to go home with no planners mm -hmm. sold. And the, the bank really, God, they got rough. They were mean and ugly mm -hmm. every way they could be. And it was real early on. It was maybe three or four years later. How did you get through it? I fought and fought. And the, both cases, the following year, the stuff sold off. Mm -hmm. I had to get to the following year, though. To see the full 13-minute pilot episode, visit www.farm-equipment/innovators. As always, we welcome your feedback. You can send comments and story suggestions to kschmidt at lessetermedia.com. Until next time, thanks for joining us.